Hi there, I'm Leslie Dolphin and it's a big welcome to the latest podcast from Suffolk Money supported by Kingsfleet. Now for me, there is nothing more important than trying to preserve the wonderful heritage here in Suffolk. And one small but vital part of that is the old pier at Shotley Gate, which campaigners have been trying for some years now to restore. Some of it has already been refurbished, but at around 600 feet long, there's lots more yet to do. My colleague Colin Lowe has been along to take a look at the progress, alongside Sally Chicken, who's part of the fundraising team, with great hopes for the pier's future. So here I am sitting, looking out um, on the edge of the river store, and I'm sitting next to Sally Chicken, and you're the vice chair of this slightly unusual organisation, Sally. I am indeed, yes. (laughs) It's a very unusual um, charitable community benefit society, which is a mouthful, isn't it? That's why I leave it it to you. (laughs) It's a cooperative, basically, but because of its uh, community... Uh, goals it's allowed to be charitable as well right yeah um so this is all in connection with shotley pier yep the tide i think is just starting to come in but um it obviously just works its way out um into the store directly opposite harwich and the ports of harwich yep we've Um, got parkson quay to the right okay and old harwich town to the left and then if we were to carry on out through the river mouth, we then come into the Felixstowe Dock Basin. Yep, we do. And then you, you can even see the little gap to the open sea and land guard fort perched on the corner. Yeah, yeah, all good stuff. So do we, just trying to set that in context of geography. Mm. Now, there seems like hundreds of reasons why we could be having this conversation. It, it's certainly a wide-ranging <laughs> subject, yes. The the actual haven, Harwich Haven, is an incredible space. Um, it's miles wide. It does look quite narrow when the tide's out but it really is three to five miles wide and um, in places it's very muddy and you wouldn't really want to walk on it and in other places it's got boats and ships moored right up to the wall so it's incredibly varied and the wildlife aspect is incredible it's a, a special site of scientific interest it's a united nations ramsar site there's only about 300 in the whole of the world mm. Uh, because of the wildlife and the unusual nature of the shore. Yeah, let's try and do a bit of a potted history. Right. First of all, let's yeah. do a potted history of this fundraise, how you became involved in that. Let's okay. do that. All right. Well, I do like reading uh, local news and what's going on in the local community, and I saw a little social media thing popped up and said, we're having a meeting in the local pub, the Bristol Arms, which is just behind us by the pier, um, to talk about saving the pier. And apparently a developer had bought the pier and he'd applied for planning permission for a row of shops on it. And it kind of attracted the attention of the local community. He said, what? This is our pier. Don't want a row of shops on it. Um, So I thought, oh, well, that sounds interesting. I'll go along and see what they're going to do about it. Mm. You know, I say what they are going to do about it. (laughs) So I'm in the pub. There was about 40 people. There was a representative from Baber Council. There was... um, just a wide-ranging group of people who were really concerned about what was going to happen and the idea came up that perhaps the community could buy it or perhaps Baber could own it and turn it into a charity there were a couple of ideas suggested well it was obvious to me that you can't ask local authorities in this day and age to buy something like Mm. that it's just a money pit Mm. Um, so therefore to me the only solution was for the community to buy it 
So we started talking about that. But I didn't really know much about the pier. You know, I've walked past it for 20-odd years since we've lived here. And it was just a derelict space. So I wasn't really understanding why people were so passionate about it. But we were in the pub for about three hours and people were all speaking about why they cared about it. Mm. And it became clear that it is a really historic space, that it's on the edge of a really historic river and it's got a lot of memories for people. Mm. So by halfway through the evening, everybody was making suggestions and I just made my contribution, which was, I'm from the co-op world, um, why not do a crowdfunding and buy it for the community? I mean, there was an element of the community that did say, well, why don't we just buy it and let it carry on falling into the water, which right. was a bit of a silly, mm. naive approach because you start to incur costs. Yeah. You know, you've, you've got um, other ships going past who are not going to take kindly to pieces no. of the pier falling off. No. Um, so, you know, it was a responsibility. If we did it, we had to think of how we could do it. So we thought, well, we would definitely want to restore it how would we restore it so we we went out on loads of community consultations we had events at the pub we went to the village hall we went to other pubs we went to other buildings we put news items out we set up a facebook page um a youtube channel because mm. lots of people had video mm. and we just basically collated all that information which was amazing because people were sending in amazing things yeah. you know that are our photos are just incredible. We've yep. got photographs going back to 1902. We've got a lovely picture of a charabang, open-top charabang, sitting next to the pier with passengers getting off. Oh, really? And almost like in Victorian dress. Really? It was really amazing. And there's even a chicken crossing the road. And <laughs> <laughs> so I joke about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, goodness. Um, so, yeah. So what... what mm. We do need to deal with the history of the beer, and we'll come back to that in a minute, because I think that's the thing that's provoked so much interest and And involvement involvement and and bringing the whole community together. Mm. I think we could talk about that for a long time, but Mm. what's the goal, I suppose, in the centre? What what are the objectives? The definite goal is to repair it to the hammerhead, and the hammerhead is the little T-junction at the top, and that has got a a very bizarre history of its own. when we, when we actually did fundraise and get the money to buy it, we discovered when we were almost at the point of exchanging contracts that the hammerhead was not included in the sale. Oh! <laughs> like, there's That's not much point odd. having a pier that you want, you've actually stated in your um, mission that is going to be for mooring boats, barges and dinghies yeah. and things, only to discover the one bit that they can moor at isn't included. Ooh. So that was a bit of a shock. Yeah. Anyway, we resolved it, and it turns out this is a really narrow summary of, of what we found out. The pier is fixed, sits on the um, shore. The hammerhead used to be a floating hammerhead, oh. so it used to go up and down with the with the tides. Yes. And at some point in the past, somebody fixed it to the the seabed. The seabed. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, the line where that is suddenly yep. gets very deep. Oh. So you're right, it's the seabed, not the shore. Right. Um, nobody can ever kind of walk on it because it's always underwater. Right. Um, so the seabed. Um, when it floated up and down, it didn't matter who owned it. In mm. fact, it was the Crown Estate, mm. so um, the Crown owned it. When it was fixed to the seabed, they started paying rent to the Crown Estate. Oh, OK. But at some point, they stopped paying the rent um, because it 
wasn't really owned by anybody. It was, you know, became very obscure. So the Crown Estate still owned it. Right. Um, and then said, oh, well, you know, you can carry on paying the rent. Oh, and by the way, we'd like 30 years back rent <laughs> oh, as well. Oh, At no. which point we said, no, that's not going to work for us. No. And um, it just basically came to a standstill. Luckily for us, the developer that was selling it to us um, realised that he wouldn't be able to sell it to anybody else either. Same problem. Same problem. Yeah. So he had really good um, negotiating skills. We left it all to him. And he persuaded them that as we were a charitable society and as the hammerhead was no use to them without a peer, mm. um, they were in a similar position to yeah. us. Yeah. And the Crown Estate sold the freehold oh, for wonderful. a peppercorn amount. Right. Which is, uh, in this day and age, unheard of. They don't sell freehold. No. They sell leasehold. Yeah. So all in all, it was a triumph. Yeah. And we ended up owning the whole thing. Goodness me. But goodness me, yeah, that's probably a bit too obscure for your podcast. <laughs> you know, when you're buying land and yeah. property, yeah. all sorts of things come out. You just never know you what never you're going to want. So, yes, I don't think even the developer realised that the hammerhead wasn't included that's in it until our search found this Amazing. little detail. Yeah. And so, as you say, whoever or whatever would have happened in the end, they would have had to resolve that. They would have they had say. to, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And also, if you look at what mess it's in, it would have left the Crown Estate with a liability to remove it, repair it, whatever, yeah. in the future. Yeah. And we certainly weren't going to rent it. That was just a ridiculous thing. There's no income available no. until we've repaired the pier. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's talk about what we're looking at so far. So yeah. is that, what, one-third of the distance or thereabouts? Um, One-fifth. One-fifth? Yes. I know, the um, the eye foreshortens it. Yeah. Yeah, it's 650 feet long. Right. And we've repaired 98 feet of it. Right, OK. So we've got a long way to go. Yeah. So I think initially we were quite idealistic and hopeful that we would get grant assistance to do it all in one go. Mm. That retreated very quickly. And also once uh, COVID happened, right. it was very clear we had to revise all yeah. our expectations, yeah. quite rightly. Mm. Um, grants are focused on recovery from COVID. Mm. This is a somewhat frivolous thing. It's a tourist attraction. It's a leisure facility. We think it's very important, but it doesn't compare mm. to other needs in the community. Yeah. So um, we actually raised the money by community subscription to buy the pier. As soon as we owned it, we started applying for grants and we were very lucky. We got grants and donations enough to do 98 feet. And we got the last gasp EU grant, uh, so that was very helpful. Yeah. We were literally within two weeks of the deadline right. of fundraising enough that they would match fund it. Right. And I, I'd really given up hope, to be honest. Um, and it happened. So there we are. That's very good. Um, all the planning, all the um, getting quotes, all of that happened during COVID. Mm -hmm. And just as COVID came to an end, lockdown had finished, they were able to start work immediately. Very good. So... The company that did it, very, very good. They do a lot of work at Harwich. Um, it's the kind of work they do all the time, so they knew what they were doing. Um, we're still not going to put proper railings up because we want to get further out yeah. and get a consistent look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we applied for planning permission to put a visitor centre and that was uh, rejected. That's, that's a whole political area. But uh, you look around and you think, well, actually, there's a there's a new housing estate there, a couple yes. of hundred yards away yeah. on the beach. Right. They were allowed to do that. We weren't allowed to put a small, fifteen foot tall visitor centre on our pier. Right. So a bit of bad feeling around about that. 
but there we go. So that made it difficult because if you don't have a building, as you can see, there's not a lot you can do on that here no. uh, to raise money. Mm. So when we got knocked back with that, we bought a um, little food trailer and we started coming down at the weekends and selling burgers, bacon baps, that mm. kind of thing. So that's mm -hmm. a nice little fundraiser for a while. Mm -hmm. And uh, that had to stop during covid we managed to get it going again after lockdown finished, but it's been a struggle because mm. we just the footfall is much lower than it was before COVID, mm -hmm. and also we're having trouble finding people to run it for us. Right. So that's because it's all volunteers. Problem. I'm assuming it's it was all volunteers. We did actually pay um, some casual workers to do it for a while, and we did actually lease um, it to somebody to run it um, last year, but the footfall just wasn't good enough. Right. And uh, that's. Reality, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, the hospitality yeah. industry yep. is having difficult times. So that will come back, mm -hmm. but for now, we're just having to be careful what we do. So we sold railing plaques, we had sponsored planks, and we had a grant. And we're now picking ourselves up again and saying we need to start running fundraising mm -hmm. events again. We have a coffee morning once a month at the Red Lion in Chelmondiston. That produces a very nice return for us because they don't charge us for tea and oh, coffee. So it's a really lovely yeah, um, nice participation. Yeah. As you've raised the subject of history, yes. should we tackle it? Because this could history. be yes. <laughs> the rest of our right, time together. It could easily be. It could I mean, easily this be. is just amazing, yeah, uh, the history is. of this place. Well, the Bristol, uh, the Marquis of Bristol who owns Ickworth House, yes. so, well, despite the fact it's Bristol, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a local Marquis. Yes. So it's the Bristol Arms and the Pier yes. were built at the same time. Right. He owned this whole corner and he was uh, a businessman. And when are we talking here? Um, 1840s. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And these newfangled steam engines had just come in right. and they were being used in agriculture. Yeah. And there was a lot of coal needed. Mm. So ships were coming in unloading coal at the end of the pier right bringing it down the pier on a rail an industrial railway yeah it was then going onto carts and such and off it went to the farmers Goodness. so a proper business proposition yep he built the pub um which at the time was a pub and a place of business mm. at the top of the hill when you when you get to the top of bristol hill there was a very large white building which used to be the post office. Right. And it's way out of proportion to a village post office yeah. because it was also a sorting office. Right. The Royal Mail would bring the post to that sorting office. They'd sort it for Essex, Europe, bring it down the hill, and the Royal Mail would take it to the end of the pier and load it onto a ship. Right. So two really big mm. um, business propositions there. And, and uh, when we talk about Europe, what we're talking mm. about is the ships sailing out of Harwich. Yes. Heading yes. off to... And heading off to Amsterdam The or various wherever. places that yeah. they were going at that time. Yeah. Right. So he was a canny businessman. Yeah. Um, he did it all without planning permission. Right. And um, got dragged through the courts for building a pier without permission. Right. So that meant that it took a long time to build it. Right. It wouldn't normally have taken 30-odd years. Right. He was in and out of court. Yeah. Um, so that that's the first thing that went wrong with it but anyway um at that first meeting in the pub when people were saying what they remembered and cared about we had a, two people who were passionate about industrial railways right saying it's exceptionally rare mm. to have an industrial rail on a structure like that and they were really passionate that we yeah. should rebuild it right 
So we're probably not going to manage the whole length, but we are committed to putting at least a section back yeah. there. Mm. And then other people were saying, well, no, there's never been a railway on there. Don't be ridiculous. Because, <laughs> of course, they were thinking of passenger rail. Yes. This was industrial rail with yes. the kind of, you know, the, the container that you pushed along. Yeah. Um, anyway, we found a photograph. He sent us a photograph showing no. the rail and showing a Royal Mail worker walking up um, with a briefcase Goodness. along it. And the pier was filthy. I mean, you could... I thought it was because it was a black and white photograph, but no, it was coal dust. Really? There was blackened boards and decking from the coal dust. So then the next thing was that um, he was operating from the pub, lots of coming and going, and then the um, Navy decided to open um, Ganges. Mm -hmm. And initially it was a training establishment and they needed to get things into the water. Mm -hmm. So they built the Admiralty Pier, right. which is just around the corner, yep. and that's derelict and it's privately owned, so that's not going to ever become available to the public. But they realised quite quickly that that was a good pier for doing training, so they learned how to launch dinghies and um, throw lifeboats into the water, that kind of thing. But they needed to actually get into the water properly. So mm. they approached the Marquis of Bristol and they said, we'd like to use your pier. Right. So they agreed that it needed strengthening because obviously there would be a lot more heavy stuff, mm. including munitions, going down that pier. So there is um, an agreement, or there was an agreement, that they could use that pier. In return, they paid for the pier to be strengthened. Right. Because the Marquis of Bristol said, we well, were going to wreck my pier. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, completely out of the blue, just after we formed the um, society, we got this big envelope in the post from the Harwich Haven Authority, and it was the technical drawing oh. showing the improvements to the pier. Right. It's huge. It's four feet long. Goodness me. And um, it's on display at the Red Lion in Chelmer Distant. Right. Because we just thought it's such a magnificent technical That's drawing. Fabulous. It has to be on display. Yeah. It's got copper plate ink writing on it, and it shows you the original design of the pier... And then it shows you all the amendments that were made to be able to take munitions. So that's another whole section of history. Yeah. So from that moment onwards... And roughly when would that have been? So we're now, what, middle of the 19th um, century, are we? Or no, when I does, when does pretty Ganges? early. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry, I've forgotten the date. No, no, no. Um, OK, so sometime in the very 19th Very early, century. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 OK. Uh, but early on. Yeah. So we've had literally hundreds of black and white photographs sent to us of naval ratings marching from the edge of the pier up to a big ship to get onto it. Goodness. We've, we've got photographs of people in uniform on their um, day of celebrating that they've passed their training. Mm -hmm. I've got a lovely one of a rating with his mum sitting on this wall um, having their photograph taken in the 1960s. Goodness. And he still lives here and really? he's one of our shareholders. Oh, fabulous. And he sent us this photograph and the reason they took it was there was a load of Navy blokes on the pier and there was also a frigate just floating oh, off and obviously he was wow. hoping that he might one day get to serve yeah, on it. Yeah. And there's him with his proud mum and oh, he's wearing amazing. his beautifully new, very smart uniform. Yeah. So that just gives you a feeling for the kind of reasons people yeah, it with yeah. fondness. Yeah. Um, and this was just a deluge of emails and posts. You're doing something with a pier. Hooray! Have, yeah. a, have a copy of this photograph. So, yeah. Just having had a little walk along it earlier, and thank you mm. for letting me just see a little glimpse of that, there's those plaques 
um, along the side where people mm-hmm. have put a, a personal mm. reason for why it matters to them. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's the thing we can talk about history and we'll come back to that. Mm. But mm-hmm. for individuals, mm. it's a place that was actually a central aspect of their life at it one was, stage. It was, yes, for a whole year. Yeah. You know, they were here um, being immersed in the Navy and on their day off, that might be the furthest that they get because yes. they didn't have time to go into Ipswich. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we've, we've had so many interesting stories and... and um, I think eventually we might do a little book. Lovely. Um, we're copying Southwold Pier in what they've done because they have plaques and that really got our imagination going. Mm. And they have done a little book where they explain what the history of that plaque is. Yeah. It's maybe 50 and that's fascinating. So I think that would be a lovely thing to do. But we've had people contact us to say, my grandfather was lost in a, you know, he was in an aeroplane and it crashed at Great Yarmouth. I've always wanted to have a memorial to him, mm. and you've, you've got this pier. I think that would be a nice oh, place to put it. Yeah. We've had other people who've um, just gone through a particular period of time, and they've seen things happening, like the development of submarines happened in that bay. Mm. Um, there were the first seaplanes were developed. Yes, yeah. They were called hydroplanes. Right. Yeah. And um, their dad might have been involved in that, or their granddad. Mm. So we've got black and white photographs of these seaplanes, which took off from Felixstowe, the mm. research establishment there, but they landed here mm. and then they had to be dragged in. Um, and we've got photographs of lads in the water, hauling on ropes, trying to get this seaplane out of the water. Wow. They're family memories for people. Yeah. They, they're family stories. And then one of my favourite slides, which is totally bizarre, was provided to me by someone whose grandfather was involved in it. It was one of the early submarines in the middle of the First World War and it was patrolling up and down the east coast near Great Yarmouth. And they sent it here for a day and they were doing tests where they were actually winching a seaplane out of the water onto the back of a submarine no. and then taking the submarine to Felixstowe no. to unload it. What a weird thing. Yeah. And I have two photographs of it. That's incredible. And it's it? incredible. And it's really quite poignant because um, the actual submarine that did it was lost a week later... Um, oh. It was mined and it was lost at sea in near Great Yarmouth. No. So you've got a very particular moment in history when that happened. But the photograph is just so bizarre because it's got a submarine at an angle, winching a seaplane onto it. <laughs> then it winches another one onto it. No. And then it flattens out, goes straight, and then Alpha goes to Felixstowe. No. All happening in that water, yeah. right in front of us. I suppose it was a time where there was lots of experimentation going on. There and was, yes. They were just trying to see what could work and what yes, would work. that's right. And this is just such a great stretch of water joining up the Navy yeah. in Harwich. Yeah. The, as you say, the aircraft development in Felixstowe. Yeah, and, and the, the lads, training college here. Yeah, so. with the manpower available, yeah, you know. Yeah. Send me two dozen lads today. Yes, yeah. I suppose it mattered which ones. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> So that was the kind of wartime thing. And then, of course, Second World War as well. But I haven't got so much information about that. One of the few piers in Britain that was not broken during the World War Two, Sure. Because it was a fear of um, invasion. Yes. So a lot of them were cut. Yes. This one was actually in use throughout the Second World War. So yeah. And this whole bay was mined. Yes. And they had secret paths through. Right. So that's a whole different subject. Yeah. And someone has sense. started researching that. So it was here for all of that. Um, Winston Churchill actually came to Felixstowe and actually tried to have a flight on a seaplane, experimental seaplane. Mm-hmm. He fell in the water twice, trying to board it. 
<laughs> and he gave up. <laughs> Must have been freezing. Yeah, goodness. So that was yeah. when he was in the. He was the first lord of the. First lord of the Admiralty. Uh, that's right. That's it. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so that was was, during the First World War, was yeah, it? I think. Yeah, very early on. So these newfangled things that they weren't even called seaplanes, no. they were called hydroplanes. Mm. So we've got some lovely history. And the Ganges Museum, just around the corner, they have got a huge stock of information about this bay and the Ganges base. Mm. So all these lads, 150,000 lads, went through the Ganges and um, some of them climbed the masts, some of them mm. were button boys, all of that history is there. Mm. Um, so they really came on board big time with the sponsored planks. And that's why, interestingly, I think the one or two that really struck me was where, there's one, I think, where someone was proposed to on that pier. Yes. And, you know, a couple... Putting or their family putting a memory there, and yeah. it's it's yeah. just uh, it just shows how perhaps what might just be a building or a a, a piece of uh, of of architecture is just that to everybody else, but to somebody else it can be really yeah. really meaningful. That really meaningful, yes. And we always joke about it because people say they um, did their courting yeah. on and under the pier. <laughs> like, it's quite muddy. I don't think uh, I'd want yeah, to be courting right. under the no, pier. No, uh, but exactly. you can imagine on a dark, Could have been cold different. night, it was probably quite um, private. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, people do joke about it a lot. And um, people went um, fishing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had a number of fishing groups contact us where their granddad taught them to fish on the pier. Oh, lovely. Crabbing on the pier. We've started that last summer. Great. They remember their grandparents teaching them how to crab. Yeah. These are really personal family memories, aren't they? Yeah, and absolutely really right. valued. And then, of course, we've got um, the journeys over to Harwich. Lots of um, merchant navy activity. So people lived here but worked over there. Mm-hmm. So there was something called the trot boat. Right. Trotted back and forwards the whole time. Because, um, of course, the ferry doesn't operate from this site now does it the the, the three-way ferry yeah so it's further around the corner we've we've got the timetable from 1966 really and um it had to move to the marina because obviously it's not fit to do it from here yeah so my personal hope is we get a ferry going from here at one point but that will depend on the future because we've got to get out those 650 feet and and just to to complete that 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 ferry um heads into the hinkley pier at yes at at, at harwich yeah yeah, at yeah. the moment. So it's a, it's a triangle. It goes yeah. Shotley, Harwich, Harwich, Felixstowe, yeah. and then back. It and used it to do the to... long one but across, but it doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. And so And it's, it goes to the viewpoint beach, doesn't it? Yes, at, at it lands on the beach. Yeah. It's like a landing craft. Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, very, very clever. It, it's quite clever, and it's quite nice to see Landguard Fort appearing above yes. you like that as yeah. you land on the shingle. Yeah. So all of that is part of the local history. Yes. And people do remember, you know, making that trip many, many times. Yeah, sometimes in not very nice weather. Yeah, I can mm. well imagine. It. Here we are this morning and it's actually quite peaceful and mm. calm and that wind has just died down that we've had. And we can now see further down the store. Um, the rain <laughs> has lifted still. a little bit. But we can still... But again, this is just such a, an important point, even from defence. Yeah. You, because yeah. of how far you can see in each direction. Yeah, that's right. And we've got Martello Towers. We've got two Martello Towers. And we've got um, cliff defences just down, maybe three, 400 yards down there mm. off the cliff walk. And then very historic ones in the kind of... The, 
subterranean part of the Ganges. Yes. There are tunnels. I yeah. mean, they, they had defences there. So it's a very historic place, but very little to see. Mm. And it wasn't really valued. I, I think it's a real shame when it closed. The Navy didn't really value it. And I can't help feeling it's because it was only ratings. It wasn't because offices. of Ganges. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. The, you know, you look at the history of the Navy and what they celebrate it's nearly always something that officers have done. Yeah. And the fact that 150,000 lads went through went here through there, yeah. was not it's considered huge. to be that important. Yeah. And the battle over the mast over the last few years of its complete dereliction, mm. and at last it's been saved. But that took 30 years to yeah. resolve. Yeah, it seems and to it, have gone And yet 150,000 lads climbed it, yeah. you know. Amazing, so that was really quite tragic at the time. Yeah. And you can see it from Harwich. Mm. It really is very visible. Yes. Um, you can see it from halfway down the pier. Yeah. So where do you go from here? You're one-fifth of the way down. What's, what are the next steps from here? Right, well, we need to start fundraising again, and we have kind of fallen into the doldrums a bit with that because of COVID. Um, we've started our coffee mornings again. We've just had a... We've restarted our annual art event, which raised £1,000. So we've got these things that have been in the diary. Mm. We need to get them going again. But we really do need some big money, and that's going to be either grants or philanthropy. So I'm going to ask about the budget then. Mm. What, what does mm. what does this all cost to do? Well, to do the next section, we need two hundred fifty thousand pounds. Right. So um, it's getting more expensive as you go further out into the river, mm. because um, if it's underwater a lot of the time, mm. you've got to um, do it from a barge. Yeah. There's also the first section was reasonably clean and tidy on the beach, but you can see the next section has mm. some quite nasty wreckage, mm. and it's lodged part way under the pier. Right. That's all going to need removing. And when we get further out, things like this wreckage here, which mm. is a dry dock that sank in the 1950s, really? never been cleared. Um, you can't bring a ship to the Hammerhead if you've got rubbish like that no. um, going around. So we have a number of organisations that want to use the pier. The Thames Barge Association is one of them. The Nancy Blackett Trust is another. They need clear access to the side of the pier and to the Hammerhead. And we've got some charming photographs of those um, barges moored next mm. to the pier. So we mm. know they've done it in the past. So all that needs fundraising. So there are a couple of sources. You go back to the community, but mm. I don't think that's fair at the moment with mm. the cost of living crisis. Mm. You sell more sh community shares. Um, you, apl you apply for grants, but as I say, that's not a top priority for grant makers at the moment. Mm. And lastly, philanthropic donors. Um, so, you know, it's just luck whether you reach those people or not. Yeah. Um, one of our shareholders put £10,000 in. Most did much lower amounts. Mm. So, you know, there are people out there that could be um, interested in helping yes. us. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's going to be a long haul. Yeah. The first bit was the easy part. <laughs> and when I think how hard that was, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not exaggerating. But it's it, getting tough. But I suppose yeah, the, the you know the people around Suffolk will need to just stop and think for a moment about what a dreadful shame it would be if time and tide, as it is that, mm. has it, yeah. <laughs> literally has its uh, way on that without it. Yeah. Yeah. Being and, resolved. And uh, we have to look at what else is happening around us. You know. Um, We've had sewage outfalls that everybody's, you know, the whole country's up in arms about. That's happening mm -hmm. down that river and down that river. Uh, we've got the economic downturn. You know, it's not easy. Mm. So we've just said to ourselves as volunteers, don't keep knocking up against the brick wall. Yeah. Ease back. Yeah. Try and just keep 
treading water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do All the small things. All these nautical terms that we use. Yeah, yes. that's yeah, right. Yeah. And do yeah. the small things that just keep us ticking over. Yeah. And when we see an opportunity, we'll go for it. Yeah. Um, but that is going to be a lot of money. So that's that's just to take us to the next section yes. the money I've just mentioned. Right. I think to go from there to the hammerhead is is easily going to be a lot more than that. Yeah. Um, and I guess the other thing is the further you go out, the less time uh, people working on that have to work yeah. between ties, yeah, don't they? So, exactly. So yeah. it becomes harder and harder to yeah. work on the further you go out. Yeah. But it could become an asset for the Harwich Haven because mm. all the economic activity is happening over at Parks and Quay, Harwich, Felixstowe. There's a privately owned marina at Shotley, but that's really for small um, yachts and things like that. This This could be an asset. You know, well, from, a free, the from the Freeport perspective, we know this whole yeah. area economically is going to be mm. massive, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, it would be lovely if someone can capture that vision. Yeah, exactly. So our group is constantly kind of looking out and thinking, how could we use the pier? What opportunities are there? Could we get investors involved on a business basis? Just like the Marquis of Bristol did. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. He was no fool. Yes, so someone perhaps who sees an entrepreneurial benefit in mm, what's going on. Yeah. So partnership working has always been a big thing for us. Mm-hmm. Whenever we've run any events, we always say we have to benefit from it, but also the partners, such as mm. artists, historians, they have to get something mm-hmm. out of it as well. Absolutely. So our art events are very much partnerships, selling arts. The artists gain from that. We fundraise at the same time. So we raised over a thousand pounds. The artists gained over a thousand pounds. Yeah. So to us, that's really important. Yeah. We're a, a trading cooperative. We're not just charitable. Yes. We're there to generate trade. Yes. So that's that's quite important. Yeah. Yeah. From our point of view. Yeah. Well, it's it's a, a great vision that you've got. I appreciate that it's one of those things that will just take a little bit of time to come to yep. fruition. <laughs> a little but... bit. <laughs> But it's better that than just see something decay and disappear, isn't it? And I think the reality is the group of volunteers that have done it up till now, some of them have already had to go because of illness or retirement. Mm. But we need new volunteers to come in and say, well, we'll do that section there. Yes. So it gives a nice standalone thing Mm. for them to be involved in. Yeah. They could do the bit. Can you see there's a derelict ladder? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That is a point where historically the Thames barges would have moored. Right. So it's not a big ask to no. get it to the point where barges could be using it again. Yes, yeah, that's right. So wouldn't that be a wonderful thing to yeah, yeah, be a volunteer that achieved? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And I'm sure for all those who listen who were on the Shotley Peninsula or not too far from it would love to just come down and take a look and see what you've done so far and mm. see yeah. the amazing sight that you can get yeah. from here. Wonderful. Yeah. Sally, thank you so much for just sparing your time this morning. <laughs> You're very welcome. On a slightly damp morning, but I can see that Rain looks like it's coming up the store. I think we're going to get wet. Let's it's going to get on. worse, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> At least it's not windy. On, yeah. a, on a windy day, the grit comes up <laughs> off the beach and slaps you in the face. It's not nice. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just, as you say, there's so much to say about this place in terms of just the views, the wildlife, the history, the geography, everything about it. It's yeah. absolutely yeah. amazing and I can see why it's, it means so much to all of you who are hoping to move it forward. Yeah, it does. And I would have happily brought a load of those people along because they're just as passionate <laughs> yeah. as I am. I can well imagine.
Sally Chicken chatting to Colin Lowe about the restoration of the pier at Shotley, a focal point for so many memories and with such potential for the future. Now, I've got a reminder from me to you, please subscribe to our podcasts. And if you could give us a five-star rating, that will help other people to find us and listen to. Spread the word. Loads more as well if you want to find out about what we do on our website, which is suffolkmoney.co.uk, suffolkmoney.co.uk. You can also find us on Facebook. And if there's a business, an entrepreneur, a charity or any other money-related story that you think we should feature, please let us know. Big thanks, as always, to the team who helped to produce these podcasts. That's Sally and Kevin Birch and Joy Day. And, uh, of course, my thanks to you for listening. Until the next time, from me, Leslie Dolphin, bye. <laughs>